Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Brittany Martin, the founder and CEO of Doctoral Mom Incorporated. And I'm so honored to welcome Dr. Sheree Phillips to the stage. So why don't you just kind of um, introduce yourself, tell us um, where you went to school, what you majored in, and uh, okay. tell us about how many children you have. Okay. Uh, I'm Sheree Phillips, Dr. Sheree Phillips. I got my doctorate in business administration at Jacksonville University. I um, also have a master's and, of course, a bachelor's. And I started my, uh, I'm first gen. And I started at an HBCU, Fisk University in Nashville, Tennessee. And in terms of uh, my, my doctorate is in economics and my specialization is economic development for uh, developing countries. But I also have other research interests in um, the black community, U.S. black community and economic development of the black community. Right. In terms of mom, I am the mother of four. Um, I have two girls and two boys, uh, Marte, Olivia, Ryan, and uh, Ryan Michael, Ryan Michael, William, and Valencia. And they range in age from 19 to 34. 34. And so, um, yeah. And, and in terms of uh, mothering, well, they're grown. So um, now I'm living my best life, which is what prompted me to get my doctor's degree. So. Well, I have to say, I just told Dr. Phillips, there's no way uh, she has children <laughs> in that age group. So um, hopefully you'll tell us the secret before we go. <laughs> but you you mentioned, I want to follow up on this. You mentioned that you were a first generation college student. I was as well. How does that impact your journey or did it impact your journey? It impacted it greatly, honestly, um, because um, when it came, when I was all while I was growing up, so my grandparents, um, my grandparents had second and eighth grade education. My mom graduated from high school, but for as far back as I can remember, they were always, you're going to college. Didn't know what that meant, but they just knew that if I went to college, I'd get a good job. And then I would live a better life than they did. That became the reality. I have lived a much better life than they did. Um, my grandfather was the one that said, um, you're going to a black school in the South. He didn't even know that it was called a HBCU. He just said, you're going to a black school in the South because the South gives the better education. And so my sisters and I ended up, each one of us went to a different HBCU. I ended up at Fisk. And so, um, in terms of how that, that was the beginning. But prior to that, and since then, um, the thing, the, 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 I didn't know the, how it impacted me was because I didn't know what I didn't know. And because my parents had not been, I was traveling down a road, my parents and my grandparents had never been on. We didn't know what to ask. We didn't know what to do. Um, I was fortunate enough to have people along the way that said, okay, you might want to try this. You might want to try that. You might want to do this. You know, here's some things because they saw potential in me. Um, and so, you know, it wasn't as difficult as it could have been, but I know now in hindsight, it could have been a whole lot smoother. 
I I agree with that. I I will say there were people along the way for me too um, that really helped because you're right. Like you don't know what to do. Uh, what whether it's the courses itself or like the financial piece or the mm-hmm. social piece, you really don't know what you're doing. You're just kind of jumping into a situation. Exactly. And exactly. it's, it's completely different, you know, than like high school. And then once you get into your your master's program, that's a completely different environment. And, exactly. Um, exactly. And it just it didn't help that. Um, so I went in undergrad. I went in thinking I was going to be an attorney. And because I didn't know any attorneys, no one told me, OK, well, take these courses, major in this, you know. And so when I went and asked, okay, what do I need to do? They was like, well, you can major in anything. And I'm like, I can major in anything and still get to law school. And, and that kind of threw me. And then um, once I got in and started working through my program, one of the things um, I ended up majoring in economics. And that's a whole nother story for another time. But what I did not realize when I decided, uh, declared economics as my major was one that it was a white male's field. And so Getting, you know, going into a field that is predominantly white, predominantly male, and I didn't see anybody like me. And there was, um, there was one woman that I knew of. Um, she happened to be the department chair, and she took. She was kind to me because at the time I was, a, I was a single mom. I was a teenage mom, and so, um, you know, she she looked on me as a from a mother's standpoint. Um, not necessarily as a mentor mentee. And I think I would have benefited more had she taken me under her wing as a mentor mentee and then said, these are the things that you need to do as an, if you're trying to get into economics as your field of study. And so again, that goes back to not knowing what to do and not knowing who to ask. And, and so um, having that, um, that, that added burden of being in a field where I didn't see anybody. And it wasn't, and even when I went and got my master's, it was still all white, all male. And it wasn't until I was halfway through my doctoral program that someone said, you know, that there is an uh, organization of black economists and you should, you know, check them out. And it, I was halfway through my doctoral program and it was like, oh, okay, well, where was this all, you know, all the time? I think that's kind of the reaction. I think people are getting to doctoral bar. Like, where was this? Because I, I mean, I had the reaction like, where is the support group for for exactly. me? Exactly. Um, so then, when I I felt like there wasn't one, I just created it. So it was. Um, I'm I'm happy you were able to find your peers. I think I think that's just such an important thing to do. I, yes. I think you have to do that in order to really like grow and progress. Yes. And I, you know, I, I find it very interesting that you, you know, you say you didn't see anybody that looked like you. I, I think that's true for a lot of us. Like we go through these programs and there 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 aren't a lot of us, especially, you know, 10, 20 years ago, like there really wasn't a lot of us unless you did go to like an HBCU. Right. Um, so going to these you know predominantly white schools it could, it could, that could also be a cultural shock that um somebody should should be preparing these students for like this is 
this is how you could potentially be perceived and and this is how you kind of like navigate through it i i remember uh i'm like the i, I was like the nerd one of the nerdiest people in high school and i remember my first day of college i had on a uh i'm from chicago so i had on a, a white socks cap and probably the first day of orientation someone asked me if i was in the gang and i was like me <laughs> no yes. I was yeah. like, that's how, that's crazy. Like, I was yeah. like, you think I'm scary. You don't want to come home with me. Right, right, <laughs> so. exactly. And and it goes towards that whole, you know, the stereotypes and, and the lack of knowledge and, and just, you know, having to deal with those mm-hmm. overt racists and then also the microaggressions. And yes, you're absolutely right. We don't talk. But I think, too, um, the fact that we don't see much of ourselves, I think I read somewhere that um, in a recent study, they were saying that the number of black PhDs are like less than 2% of the U.S. total population. Yeah, it so, is. You know, so I, that- I, I thought that was interesting too, because, um, you know, I was sort of fortunate enough to go to a school where I, I actually saw a lot of us um, in those programs. Um, so when I, when I saw that data, I was just sort of taken aback because I, I thought it would have been more of us by now, especially because mm-hmm. Black women in particular are the most educated yes. population. Yes. So yes. now this now the sort of question is, how do we get more of us in the program? And I think maybe even the motherhood piece is a component of that, too, because I, I think within our community, there's sort of this uh, perception that um, there's sort of this perception that, you know, if you're a mom, you can't necessarily go back to school. Yes. Yes. And I think but, that was that was what I was referencing to before we got started, you know, had. It used when I was younger, younger, it was uh, we were I would see white girls and white women talk about you can have it all. Um, and that was, you know, coming off of the whole um, women's liberation. And so it's like, yes, you can have it all. But have it all then meant, you know, a job, a career job and then your family life. And then um, and then, you know, it was like you could have it all. And it was like, yeah, but if you have it all, then you're going to sacrifice. And that was how I was raised. It, you can have it all as long as, you know, it, knowing that there's going to be some compromises, some balls are going to get it dropped. And so you have to figure out which balls you want to get dropped. And so for me, it was, OK, education is going to have to go on the back burner. Career is going to have to go on the back burner raise your children, get your children out the door. And again, I was young when I had mine. And so it's kind of like, get them out the door. Now, what do you want to do? Okay. Mm -hmm. Now this is what I want to do. I want to, you know, finish up my career path. I want to, you know, and as I was going through the career, um, the jobs that I had while I was raising my children, the jobs that I had, they would say, you're wonderful. We love what you're doing, but you don't, all you have is your bachelor's degree. And I'm like, okay. So then it was, oh, you need to get a master's degree. And then, you know, oh, I see that you got your master's and you got your bachelor's, but, you know, now you really need, if you really want to advance, you need to get that doctor's degree. And it's like, okay, so what's left? And, and but again, it's that generational thing where, um, you know, my generation is, is like, okay, yeah, if you have it all, then it's, yeah, something's, there's quality of life is, is hampered. And you all are proving that that's not the case. And so I try to encourage, especially my younger sisters, you know, if that's in your heart to do and you have 
a, a strong support system, a supportive uh, partner, um, make it happen. You can make it happen. I, I, I really love what you said earlier about we're taught to, we're taught the sacrifice, you know, we're taught we can't have yes. it all. And I, and, that, and you're probably the first person I've heard, like really frame it in that way. I never, I never really thought about that. I, and now it's sort of making me reflect because that, that is true. Like I have been taught to, to actually sacrifice to get what you want. We're not necessarily taught to that. You can have it all mentality, yes. especially now yes. all at the same time. So exactly. That's uh, that's something I think we have to overcome too, because we really can do do it all. Because you know, I like we talked about earlier. I I did school, I worked, and I mommed at the same time, and and it was it was challenging, but it, it's possible. Yes. I I remember posting my story on uh, Facebook once, and one I remember a woman commented, "Don't encourage people to do that," and I was like, "Why? You know, exactly. why not?" You know, exactly. you could you could be happy through these journeys too. Yeah. So I'm just sort of wondering, um, what advice you know would you give um, a mom that's entering a, a doctoral program? Like, how would you? What advice would you give her about balancing things? Um, I would give her the the advice that I did when I got started, and I did it even though my children were uh, uh, adults. When, if it's in your heart to do for whatever reason, if it's in your heart to do it, go ahead and do it and do it when it's in your heart to do it. Don't put it off. Don't delay it. Do it in that moment. There's a reason. Um, my grandmother used to say, if the Lord gave it to you, he will pull you through it. So he would not, you, if you have that in you, it's because he put it in you and, and, and obedience is better than then sacrifice and it's better than delay. So if he puts it in you to do it, do it. Now, once he put it in you to do it, you're going to have to plan. You're going to have to map out this plan. Figure out which program works best for you. You know, apply to as many places as as many schools as you as you can, given you know budget constraints, whatever those constraints are. Apply to as many schools as possible so that you can have as many options available to you. I would also say make sure that the schools that you're applying to um, um, ha have some type of financial plan that does not include taking out loans. So go to a school that will pay you either as a TA, as a GA, as an RA, somebody, the school that's going to pay you to be there. Because they, they understand that if they put it in, if they invest in you, you will go out and, and do wonderful things. And that's a recruiting tool for the school. So um, make sure you go in with a plan. Make sure you go in with a financial plan. How are the bills going to still get paid while you're in school? Go in with a, um, with a, a physical plan, you know. Who, you know, if I have children and depend upon how old they are. You know, who's going to help because there's going to be times when I can't give them my full attention. That that's a good time for the village to step in. That's a good time for the godmom, the goddad to come in and step in, the aunts or the uncles. You know, make sure you have your village in place. And then most importantly, communicate, communicate, communicate. Speak to your your partner, your spouse, your partner. Listen, 
this is in my heart to do. I, I want to go back to school. And then you two flesh it out. And then once you two come into an agreement, then you go to the village. Okay, listen, I'm getting ready to go back to school. Um, aunties, TTs, uncles, godparents, village, I need you all on board. And then as you're going through the process, bring the village with you. Bring the village with you. When I uh, went in, did my orientation, I, I posted on Facebook. I took pictures. I had to fly into um, Florida. And I flew in before we started orientation. And so I flew in and kind of rested, relaxed, took pictures. Then when I got to the school for the orientation, I took some more pictures and I just blasted them on, on Facebook. And I was like, okay, y'all, here we go. And I, you know, I bought the village alone because again, being first generation, one, I was the first to go to, I was the first in my family to go to college. I was the first one to graduate from college. I was the first one to get a, doc, a master's degree. And I was the first one to go to, you know, to, to get this doctorate. And so a lot of, I knew that my village was vicariously living through me. So they were with me with, for all the triumphs. They were with me when I did my, um, I would have um, classmates videotape me whenever I would have to present my research in class. I would have them videotape me. Um, I had, um, whenever I went to conferences, I went to a conference as a grad student presenting some of my research at an international conference. I had, I had one of the conference participants to videotape me there and I would post it on, on, on Facebook so that everybody could see what I was doing. Every time I, you know, when it was time for exams, I would, you know, I'd put out a post, you know, it's exam time, y'all ready. And I included them in along the process. And then when it came time for me to defend my dissertation, um, this is pre-COVID, but I knew. Um, in our dissertation, you can invite whomever you wanted to to sit in. And so I knew my, my village is national. And so I was like, okay, listen, um, my guests can't make it. Can we videotape it? And so we did it. We did mine. We did a video conference, video chat live. And that was also recorded. And so um, I gave them the link. I gave, I posted on Facebook. Here's the link. If you want to jump in, jump in. And a lot, a lot did. And so when it came time for me to present, I was like, okay, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you know, thank you, you know, to my committee. Thank you to the guests that are here. But I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are watching me on the video. And so, and then I recorded, they recorded it. They gave me the link. I put it on my YouTube so that those that missed it could still go back and see it. But uh, again, communicate, bring, have your village, that support system, those that are closest to you, bring them along for the ride. And then when I graduated, they videotaped that. Um, that was videotaped. And so people got to watch. And so they got to see me from start to finish. And, and it, because I bought them along, along the way, I had that, that cheering squad pushing me, even when I didn't feel like moving forward. And I would be like, I'd send out a thing. Okay, listen, this is kicking me in my butt. I'm not, I'm having second thoughts. No, 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 sister girl, you get ready. You're going to do this one. Because they are now vested in it. And so I would say, make sure your, your spouse and your partner is on board. Talk to your children. And it doesn't matter how old they are. Make that conversation age appropriate. Mommy is getting ready to do some things. You know, she's getting ready to go back to school. And how about this? 
and allow them when it's time to study, you study. And so when they see you study, that encourages them to study and then include your village. And I promise you, it helps, it helps uh, get you through. It will help you get through. I, I love everything you just said. Um, I think uh, that's the part that people forget to do is to communicate. I, I wish I had uh, done some of the things that you did, like I'm really involving like my core group of friends more, you know, videotape and inviting them a little bit more to things. I think um, that would have made uh, even a, a, a tremendous difference in my journey too. It probably would have made it even more joyous, I think. Yes. Yes. So yes. everybody, make sure you do these things. I, I think that's, uh, I'm impressed. I kind of want to go find your videos now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But it, it helps because they, your village has buy-in. Your, your village has buy-in. And, and even, when, even when you're having your hardest days, for instance, uh, one of the things that I noticed is that different ones that were in my cohort that were saying, you know, you don't have a life. And, you know, that your friends, you know, keep asking me, you have to keep telling them, no, well, because I had talked to my village on the front end, they, they knew not to ask, you know, we're going to brunch, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. You know, they would say, you let us know when, you know, in between semester, you know, so at the end of the semester, you know, and in your breaks, then we would, we would just let it go. And then when classes start, they knew when classes start and it was like, okay, nose to the grindstone, let's go, let's go. And um, I used to, um, I would have, make people laugh when I told them, when I, in talking to my now husband at the time we were dating, and I told him as soon as I got accepted, when I got accepted into my program, I, I texted my, my children, I texted my children and said, I'm in, that was all I said was, I'm in. And then I called my, he was my, 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 boyfriend, fiance then, but he's now my husband. I called him and I said, I got accepted. And he said, congratulations. And so then I said, okay, listen, so this is what this means. I need you to have your own thing going because there's going to be times and we weren't, we were doing distance. We were in a distance relationship. I said, so you're going to need, I need you to have something that you can do because there's going to be times when we're not going to be able to get together because I got to work on a paper or I got to you know, study for an exam or whatever. And he was like, mm, no problem. He said, my only ask was, his only ask was for those, on those occasions when, those weekends when I wasn't in school, his ask was that I come to his house and I studied at his house. And so I was like, I can do that. I can do that. And so Throughout my program, if I wasn't in school, I was at his house. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get him prepared. I'm, you know, communicating. Listen, I can't hold your hand. You're going to want to be with me. And I, I've got to get this paper out the door. And I'm going to be pulling my hair out. And he was like, oh, no worries. Come to find out he had plenty of things that he needs to do. And so I would come in and I'm, uh, he would have everything set up for me. You know, my study area was all set. He would have the refrigerator ready snacks and everything and then he would kiss me on my forehead and say okay I'm gonna go hang out with the fellas I'll be back and you know and he would be he would stay gone so that I could do my studying and every now and again he would check in he'd call in you all right okay good I'll see you later come back and you know fix dinner and he would do you know those kinds of things and that kind of support went when I tell you it went a long way 
because I didn't have to worry about, you know, eating. I didn't have to worry about, you know, all the, you know, the day-to-day mundane things. I didn't have to think about it because he had already taken care of it. He had made preparations for it. And then he got out of the way. So he made the preparations and then got out of the way to let me do what I needed to do. I do think that's important. I love that you communicate it effectively like the entire time. I, I, I do think that that makes like a world of difference. I, and I wish that, you know, maybe that was a part of like the onboarding process for students or like orientation. I, I know it is yeah. in a certain capacity, but to really have some of those hard conversations, because I think I think most or what I've heard sort of jokingly is that especially when someone's in a relationship, they'll say, well, this is the, this is the divorce rate. They always frame it that way. Like, how about we talk about how do you keep things going? Yes. Because, yes. you know, if you go in with that mentality, it's going to happen. It, it, yes. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. Yeah. So yes, I, yes, I think, yes. you know, hopefully we'll be able to change the, the narrative a little bit. I'm actually going to record or do a, a webinar actually with, partners and spouses of, of mm-hmm. people who've gone through the journey and are still together. I think that's the important part. What was your dissertation on? What was your dissertation topic? I was, um, it was um, factors that impact economic development. Basically, I looked at 188 countries. I took, um, I used, um, I used the human development index um, instead of GDP. And um, I looked at 188 countries and took nine different variables that would impact the human development or, and I was using human development as a proxy for economic development. And my argument was, is that if you invest in your citizens, then they will be more productive and your economy will grow. And so I looked at nine different variables like globalization, uh, total fertility rate for population, labor migration. Um, I also looked at um, income inequality, in, income uh, income inequality, and I also looked at um, a country's uh, dependence on natural resources. And those were some of the nine variables. And um, so I looked at how those variables, how investments or not no invest non-investments into those factors impacts how a company, how a country uh, develops its citizens to be able to produce, to grow their, to grow their economy. And then um, I made recommendations. Um, the conclusion was to make recommendations for countries to, you know, use pieces or portions, you know, based on the, the model and the results, craft policies targeted towards those nine areas or six of the nine areas, because um, what I ended up doing was after doing my um, model, I ended up doing a parsimonious model, meaning that you take, um, you start taking, I started with nine and then I took the, the ones that had the least significance and I took them out of the model to see if that would change, you know, the results in any way and it didn't. And so I ended up taking out three, mo- three um, variables that really didn't matter. And well, it, they, they impacted, but not as much as before. And so, um, and then said, based on, you know, this parsimonious model, based on the full model, if you're a policy maker in this country and this is your issue, you might want to center policies around these areas so that your economy, your, 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 
your population will will be fully developed. And then if they're if they're developed in terms of education, uh, in terms of health, um, in in those areas, you know, then that workforce will be more productive, and you can see that. And it's to your advantage because if they're more productive, your GDP grows, and as a government, you can tax it. So it it seems a whole lot of comp. It was it seems really more complex than it is, but common sense is invest in your people. I I think that's very powerful. I I just I love that you did research in that area, and I think. Um, we should really share it out. Uh, if you, I'll give you my email address after this. Uh, if okay. you have a copy that you want to share, I don't know if it's on ProQuest. Like I don't know if you have a game it is. purchase. Um, yeah, it's it's on it's on ProQuest, and I I made it free primarily. Um, I I wanted it uh, free access to it primarily, and I can send you the link primarily because okay. I my for me my goal was always just to get the research out there and my approach um, in my research and in teaching is to make the complex distill the complex and make it simple to the broad mass and so rather than have you know rather than charge to some, for someone to read my paper I was like mm -hmm. no just set it up so that it's free and go okay. out there read it um, and it was um, I got good reviews from my from my committee. In fact, one of my committee members was like, well, have you thought about taking your model? Because the model, mm. I think, was like 86% effective. And so okay. they were like, well, have you thought about taking this model and applying it at a micro level, like for states or for cities? Or, mm -hmm. And I was like, well, at some point, I'll take it and use it for the Black community mm -hmm. um, here in the U.S., um, and see how, you know, how certain variables will work to, you know, to help our economy grow. But I haven't got to that point yet because right now I'm trying, I'm working on, um, I've just finished uh, my, I've taken a portion of that that I'm trying to get um, in published because I'm on that, you know, I'm on tenure track. And so we're, mm -hmm. you know, and what that's something else that they don't tell you in the doctoral program is that yeah. if you choose to go academia, then as soon as you get finished and you get, you, you know, you're on the job market, you know, that the job market process. And then once you secure the job, you're, you know, if you're tenure track, it's publish or perish. And so I think that we need to, you know, flesh that all the way out, all the way through. So I'm taking a portion of the dissertation to get that published. And so, but even in that, I'm going to try to see if I can find someone that will allow the, you know, a greater impact is to have more people to do it and to see it. And the way for more people to see it is to offer it for free without, you know, the payment. I, I think that's amazing too. I um, definitely want to have you back. So okay. I'm um, already I will thinking about the that. I will welcome um, the invitation. Thank you. And I, I guess my last question is what's next? What's next on um, like your agenda? What's next? Um, well, I'm right now I'm up for rank promotion. And so I'm trying right now. It's just right now. It's just, Publish so that because that's the one piece that's missing for my um, for my promotion. I've got the teaching, um, I've got the teaching uh, evidence of teaching. You know, I've got that down. The, the students like me. The students, um, I have waiting lists for my classes. So the teaching piece is done. I'm working through the service, and now the last remaining piece is the research. So for me right now, it's just getting all of the different projects. I've got three projects that I'm working on right now and trying to get those three, you know, 
off my desk and into the hands of, of publications. So that's it for me right now. Um, rank promotion um, at some point in time, at some point in time, I would love to get into administration. And, uh, but I want to do it at an HBCU. I want to do it at HBCU and give um, those students a benefit um, of the wisdom because um, some lessons don't need to be bought, some can be taught. And so to give them the benefits of that, of the wisdom that I have acquired. So, but that's further down the line. So right now it's just publishing and um, just get, get my message out there, which is how do we grow economies? Well, I really appreciate you being here, Owen, because I am going to send you another invitation so we could do a part two, because I, I just okay. think you have so many nuggets of wisdom that, that people you. need to hear. And I, I think it's powerful, especially where you are in your career right now. So I just think it's really impactful. So I, I thank you for being here. Thank and, you for um, this invitation. Thank you for this invitation. I appreciate you.